We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 347 of the Pack-A-Day podcast, the best Packers podcast out on the web. Packers content every day of the week, even in the heat of July, when really nothing is going on. Early July, that is. I mean, you know, we got training camp later this month. But anyway, here, joining me today, his first time back speaking very uh, sensually into a microphone since right around October, November of last year, Matub. What's happening, everybody? My name is Matt, but you can call me Matub, and I am back on the internet. Yeah, he's back on the internet. He's back with me, your actual host, Zachary Jacobson, if you haven't recognized my voice by now and if you have then you know my condolences but anyways Mattel, I mean, how, how how's it going man it's been a long time you're my uh, it has been a long time it has yeah you're you're my actual partner now and i guess we're gonna be hosting duties who knows how that's gonna go but how, how are you doing i'm good um last year uh turned out it was there was a lot on my plate um i had a daughter last summer um, she's so she's just over a year now, and um, along with doing my hottest take of the week videos and the season not going well, and so just getting inundated with just lots of hate, like it, it really wore on me. So I had to take a step back and and do a, a little bit of personal time. Yeah, yeah, we we need that every now and then. I I just stepped back a few months ago and kind of took a couple months away for myself, but it's good to have you back. Great to have you back, actually, and. I mean, you've still been pretty active on Twitter. Everyone knows you, obviously, as the mean connoisseur, the guy who, you know, grinds over at Acme Packing Company with your hottest take of the week videos. So it's good good to have you back in the Packers' uh, blogosphere, I should say. I hate that word so much. I don't know why I said 
Well, I mean, that's that's what it is, man. We're all yeah. we're all just a bunch of blogger. I mean, like even legendary Packers beat reporter Bob McGinn is just a blogger nowadays. <laughs> in in the words of Aaron Nagler, how's blogging, Bob? Hey, at least they turned down his credentials, just like they turned down Cheese at TVs. So, oh god, don't even get me started on that. But I just. Oh man, Bob McGinn, football dot com. Everybody go and and view links that Bob doesn't know how to hyperlink to himself. <laughs> uh, this wouldn't be a, a proper show without some Bob McGinn slander. Okay, I know. Like, like I just I, sometimes I feel like I'm the only person in the Packers blogosphere that's like vocally anti Bob McGinn. I think you're, yeah, you're probably the most like outright as well. So, okay, let's, we're going to, we have a topic that we're supposed to go to, but I'm going to talk about Bob again for a second. So, <laughs> Bob released an article that uh, had a anonymous quote in it saying that Mike McCarthy was no longer a good coach because he gained 50 pounds. <laughs> like, Mike McCarthy was no longer a good coach because he lost a locker room and kept calling slant flat every five seconds. Being fat has nothing to do with that. And as... As a recovered fat person myself, I feel that I am not now better at coaching football than I was last year. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that view in itself is just, like, incredibly short-sighted. I don't know what that has to do. I mean, if you're going to, like, critique his ability to run up and down the sideline, then I would, I would see why that plays a role in it, you know, angrily charging at referees and everything, but I mean... Yeah, I mean, that dude went at referees like Reggie White going after quarterbacks. Like, during – so um, there's there's names for all the awful things that have happened to the Packers in terms of uh, efficient calls. And I came up with a name for that game myself, and I called it Roughing the Cousins. Oh, God. <laughs> well, because you know you've got the you've got the fail Mary, you've got the Jerry Rice fumbled, like like the those games have names, and, and so I think that roughing the cousins is a is an apt name for that. And when McCarthy went after the referees, I was just I, I fell back in love with that man. <laughs> it was hard not to, like, you know, I, I felt the same exact way. But that's neither here nor there. We are supposed to talk about safeties today. We are actually uh, a pretty. Important topic when you consider, you know, Aaron Rodgers and new offense, how he's going to be able to test down the field. And look, I mean, let's not beat around the bush here. The Packers are going to play some very good safeties this year. They have a, a very good pairing specifically on their schedule. And I know Andy, our, our Packaday podcast godfather, he wanted us to talk about top 10 safety, not safety pairings, but, uh, Andy, Matub and I, we reached a conclusion, and we are going to do pairings. And I'm sorry that you were just now finding out about this uh, on the air. <laughs> well, okay, so it, but if you think about it, it's, it, it does a disservice just to list the individual safeties because, I mean, as of right now, number one, hard stop, Eddie Jackson. And I don't think there's any debate with that. But when you look at what Eddie has to complement him, it's going to lower the tandem significantly. No, exactly. That's why it's so important. I think to list the pairings that like some of these guys they complement each other perfectly, you know, and and that's that's a huge part of the safety position. It's who you have playing next to you back there, and the, you know, in the in the se- second half of the field. So I ranked out all these guys, and I'm assuming we're going to share a relatively similar list. So I guess we'll just go off of that. Um, yeah. 
Plum, number one, I have the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. The Packers played them mm-hmm. uh, this year in the regular season. They haven't played them since 2015, that uh, that Demarius Randall game where the Packers won like 27, 23, I don't remember, but they got to 6-0, and then the season was just a, a downward spiral from there. But uh, <laughs> we won't talk about that. Number one, I have the Chargers, simply just because... Well, the thing is with the Chargers, when I was I was looking them up, looking up their depth chart and everything, they didn't have like a designated free safety, strong safety position. Like they have multiple starters there. They're going to have Derwin James, mm-hmm. Nasir Adderley, who they just drafted back in April. If Adrian Phillips, like they have, they're going to have three or four guys that can that can fill in there. And I think that's probably the best starting duo and like the deepest. When you're talking about Derwin James, you're talking about a guy who has a, a freakish amount of range and ability. Um, I've seen him compared to, I've seen him, I should say, I've seen him wrongly compared to some of the greats because he, because they're a name in the, like I saw someone compare him to Ed Reed and like, he's so far and away, not Ed Reed. They do very different things. But if you were to call him like the next Troy Palomalu, I think that is a much more accurate description. Yeah, I think so too. He's like really, he's really just, Aggressive in his approach and how he plays. He's not afraid to play in the teeth of the defense and really just just get dirty. And you know, I as badly as I wanted him uh, in Green Bay in last year's draft, I'm perfectly content with the the Jair Alexander first round pick package. But I still find myself oh, thinking of you know what could have been with him. So I, I, I've become a bit famous on the Packers blogosphere as being like the Kevin King uh, defender. In that, and that I personally think that at the time, uh, going down and taking Kevin King and Vincent Beagle over T.J. Watt was the best move, and it, I, that's just going to be on my gravestone, I guess. But I think that arguing Jair Alexander, or the, I should say the Jair package, as you called it, taking the Jair package over just Derwin James, I still think was the right thing to do, and it's much easier to. Uh, defend that choice with how good Jair has already been. Yeah, and you take into consideration too that that second first round pick that that they got from the Saints that essentially turned into Darnell Savage, who is you know everyone's really high on, and <laughs> and you know talk about our uh, Lord and Savior Brett Coleman saying that Darnell Savage absolutely should have gone in the first round, and he thought that he was the steal of the draft. I, and I, I take Brett's word as gospel, so I'm I'm pretty hyped oh, on yeah. that. You've you preached Brett's gospel, uh, gospel to me several times. You, you're, I'm pretty sure that you're the reason I follow him. So <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure that I'm the reason that half the Packers Twitter follows. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, have you guys t- have you guys talked about Brett Coleman yet? Like he totally he mocked Rashawn Gary to the Packers. Here's a bunch of reasons why this was a good pick. Brett said so. <laughs> Yeah, he, you know, he, I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, Darnell Savage, the tape is there, everything's there, and, you know, a few guys on Packers Twitter were really kind of preaching that and kind of dying on that hill, but he, he's good, and <laughs> he's gonna, he's just going to get better, and I think in Green Bay especially, that's... Okay, I'm getting I'm getting off track here, okay? We're not talking about yeah. the we got to talk about the other half of the Chargers tandem, which is probably going to be... Right now, he's not projected as a starter, but he's probably going to be starting by the... by. Early, early this coming season, Nasir Adderley, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously related to Green Bay Packers legend Herb Adderley. They're cousins, right? I, I believe so. Cousins. Um, fun fact about Herb Adderley: uh, he follows me on Twitter. I think he follows me too. I, he's yeah, yeah he's <laughs> he, on Twitter. 
he he so when he made his twitter a couple of years ago he was super active for a while and then kind of fell off the face of the earth but i i've i was just like yeah he probably just got bored of it like <laughs> like he's just walking around hey guys i'm her batterly and other people were like okay probably stop hackers twitter and he was like oh nope yeah so yeah i think i think nasir is a is an interesting case and in that it's it's always hard to to project where uh, a rookie is going to contribute. But Derwin James and Adrian Phillips, I think automatically starting off is going to be a, a phenomenal tandem. And if Nasir can unseat and become the number two, then they're going to even be scarier. Oh yeah. I mean, Phillips was a pro bowler last year, you know, and he played in all 16 games. He, he's, he's good too. That's why, that, that position in, in Los Angeles, almost at San Diego is, it's just really deep right now, and I think that's unquestionably the best tandem in, uh, in the league or trio. <laughs> Who knows what they can roll with? I was talking with my fellow Acme Packing Company writer Peter Bukowski about the the Jair package over Derwin, and um, the thought came up that maybe Derwin and Adrian aren't as good as they appear because the rest of their supporting cast is so good, and that. Peter Peter's exact words were, "It's much easier to play safety when the rest of your defense is good." That is a solid point. I mean, they, they like, great edge rushers, a pair of, of really good corners. One of them being a former Packer and Casey Hayward, and it is. At the same time, I just I, I don't feel like you know that should be an indictment on them. You know, like that. Should right, be but like like I think I think if you're already a great player, a good defense is going to make you an amazing player. And and I think that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a great player and a good player being elevated because of the rest of their defense. Absolutely. But still, I mean, if you drop Derwin and Adrian on any other team on this list and it's an upgrade with the exception of maybe the Bears. In terms of individual. Okay, yeah, I get you. All right, so we got the Chargers down at number one. I think we, we both mutually agree on that. I would like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll hop down to number two here, the Minnesota Vikings. Fair. Second on my list. That, I mean, so how many how many more years are we going to have to hear about how Harrison Smith is the most underrated player in the league? And well, the dude has been terrorizing the NFC North for the better part of a decade. Like we know he's good. Like you can shut up about him, guys. He's He's really, really, really good. Yeah. No, it, it, well, you know how fans of the NFC North are. They're always either overrating or underrating their players, and you know they feel like they don't deserve the pro- they, or they're not getting the proper respect from the rest of the league or the rest of the fan base. It's it's it's, it's such a I almost said <laughs> well, and like people people bring up this like um like the Lions always want to bring up uh, Darius Slay. Like, oh, Darius Slay is the most underrated player. Like, we are like everyone in the NFC North knows how good he is. So maybe I just don't follow enough national guys. But it, like, if I see five threads in a week of of gifs of Slay making huge plays, and it's like, okay, well, yeah, we get it. You guys think he's underrated, but no, he's just he's good. <laughs> and every time I see a thread like that, like the most like highlighted play is an interception Slay made last year against the Buccaneers, and it's a route that Deshaun Jackson was running so lazily. He made it like a, a like a 10-yard out, and his route was like the furthest thing from like a sharp cut, and it was the easiest ball to possibly jump and intercept. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna pound the table for like Darius Slay, then at least show one of his better plays. You know, something that actually takes athletic ability. But 
Well, the the problem is 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 when you're looking up plays, it's hard to find pass breakups versus interceptions. It's easier to find interceptions in game logs, so it's easier to find to make the video of. And, you know what I think? and so, so he has he has some amazing pass breakups, but like you would have to actually put in effort to find them. Watch the whole damn game. Grind the food. <laughs> grind it. Grind the food. Football game has, so, has condensed feature for a reason. So the Vikings have Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris. And as we mentioned, Harrison Smith is a monster. Anthony Harris, he had three interceptions last year, which isn't bad from the safety position. But I don't I don't think he's like a like a freak B safety. He's pretty good. <laughs> I think it's one of those complimenting things. Like, you know, playing next to Harrison Smith is obviously gonna help you. And, you know, like the safety play in Los Angeles with Chargers, you know, having a very good defense around you is obviously gonna do wonders for your safety play but in this situation mm-hmm. I think just being able to play next to Harrison Smith and knowing that you don't have to worry about what's happening in front of you or if he's ever dropping back deep you just got to watch your half of the field I mean it's it, like I, I've been on the record multiple times throughout the years of believing that Harrison Smith is the or you know one of the top two best safeties in football just, just at the level he's played through the years and how you know of course obviously following the Packers we have to see him twice a year, you know. Just well, like when year. when people do the quarterback things, like they've got their they've got their couple elite guys, and usually it's the elite three, and then there's the the quote unquote second tier, even though they're still technically like first tier level guys. That's kind of where Harrison Smith has always been for me. Like if you look at guys like Earl Thomas as being the elite, the the cream of the crop, Harrison Smith is always nipping at his heels. Um. So, fun fact about Anthony Harris, I just found out. Two of his interceptions last year came against Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> That's not about par for the course. Uh, yeah, okay, so uh, in week 11 against the Chicago Bears, Harris intercepted quarterback Mitchell Trubisky twice in their 25-20 to 20 loss. <laughs> Trubisky threw two picks to the same guy, hashtag QB wins. Oh, my God. You needed more evidence for why QB wins is such a just you got Okay, so so moving on from the Vikings, we all know that they've got a good safety tandem. You have the Cowboys listed as number three. And I feel like that one's going to draw some fair criticism from people, but Xavier Woods I mean, and Jeff Heath, like Jeff Heath, he he. I know we were just talking about like underrated guys, but Jeff Heath, he's not bad. Like, he's been good for the Cowboys for, for a number of years now. And, you know, he's kind of one of those guys that just is, is like, hard-hitting. You know, he, you know, obviously, you have a strong safety position. you got to be able to tackle. But I just think Jeff Heath is, is a lot better than people give him credit for. And, you know, Xavier Woods, same thing with him. You know, he's had a great uh, first two seasons in the league. Maybe not great, but, you know, I just think – it's one of those pairings that just goes well together. And then you look at the rest of the Cowboys defense. You got Demarcus Lawrence, uh, their second round pick, Tristan Hills, probably, you know, he has a very high ceiling. Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderich in the, in the heart of your defense. You know, two solid corners in Byron Jones and, uh, Chidobe Awuzie. It's not, this group is looking good on paper, you know, and it's the Cowboys. So it's, it's, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but I like that safety pair. And, and once again, um, like you mentioned, the supporting cast to the Cowboys defense is a lot better than than I think that they get credit for. In in um, in terms of like they they can generate a pass rush, and uh, it definitely will help the secondary. And yeah, Xavier Woods is pretty good, but 
to to talk about Jeff Heath for a second. If if I told you that there was a guy named Jeff who played for Saginaw Valley State and ran a very fast 40 who is still playing in the NFL, most Packer fans would be like, no, he's not. <laughs> uh, Jeff Heath uh, went to Saginaw Valley State and was undrafted in 2013. Jeff Janis went to Saginaw Valley State and was drafted in 2014. Janis ran a 4-4-2. Jeff Heath ran a 4-4-8. So I don't know what they're putting in the water in Saginaw, but if you are a white guy named Jeff, you're probably going to come out of there running really fast. Oh, wow. I, I did <laughs> Wow, fun facts. See, this is why why you're back because <laughs> you have the fun facts just steadily on hand. I mean, wow, yeah. I obviously first looked at them Jeff Janis until you said still playing, which you know obviously. Yes. So, yeah. So Je- uh, Jeff Heath and Jeff Janis attended Saginaw Valley State roughly at the same time. Wow. <laughs> there's your there's your uh, Packers uh, adjacent facts. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So, so at number four you have the Eagles, which I think is is kind of interesting. They're like a little bit higher than I think I would have them. Um, but I mean, I, I would love to hear your reasoning. Well, I mean, a large part of that is just because of Malcolm Jake. You know, Malcolm Jenkins, I think yeah. is, is probably in the top five safety group in in football. I think he he's just an exceptional part of that defense. And obviously, Roddy, Roddy McLeod, uh, so I can't pronounce his name. I always have, like, an issue pronouncing guys, like, with that type of, like, last name. The McLeod. I, I think I've always called him, like, McLeod or... <laughs> I could, I, I, yeah, I've heard people call him, like, McLeod. Which, which, yeah, which wouldn't make any sense, but... Whatever, people call me Macintosh all the time. Macintosh. Which, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where it comes from. Uh, well, it feels good being named after... Uh, so you also have to remember that uh, Philly added another safety in the offseason in Andrew Sandejo. Oh, who is he is quality depth for the Eagles. Um, but, I mean, if he's not really projected to be the starter, but I think that he would be a good third safety, rotational safety, whatever you want to call him. He's a, he's a big hitter. He is a complete nut bar. But if you need someone to go out and lay the wood, they do. They do have that guy. Yeah. I, I, if anything, that just you know kind of justifies putting them in the top five. Just I completely mm-hmm. missed Sendeo. Wow. Yeah, and and me saying it out loud now, I'm now like, hey, maybe they should have been three. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little bit higher for my liking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I'm I am drinking a terrible beer right now. Oh, yeah. What, what What are you drinking? It, it is Milwaukee's best light. Um, so I, I recently turned 30. And um, I was just lamenting to one of my friends that a lot of the beers of my youth you cannot get in Colorado. Or they are difficult to find. Um, when I was in college, we, we threw down a lot of beast. Milwaukee's best ice, we referred to as beast. Uh, old Milwaukee, Old Milwaukee Light. And beer thirty, or like the beers of my youth. And uh, my friend Brittany showed up to my thirtieth birthday with a thirty pack of Milwaukee's Best Light that I am still working my way through. Uh, a month and a half later, <laughs> <laughs> it's obvious that you really enjoy it. It's okay. So, um, 
I count every calorie that I put in my face, and Milwaukee's Best Light is only 96 calories. So it is a very good beer if I am low on calories and macros at the end of the day. There you go. A little a little beer quizzing with, with Matub. So, so there you go. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here and enjoying this or attempting to enjoy this beer. Uh, it's 10 o'clock at night for me. We're it's, it's been a long day, and this beer ain't helping. On that note, it's, it's a perfect time uh, to be drinking beer because, number five, I have the Bears. Oof. The Bears. Well, I mean, they still suck. They do still suck. But I love, I love their safety position. Eddie Jackson is is like one of the best, if not the best, safety in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And paired with, haha, Clinton Dix. You had to do that. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, this is one of those where I personally think that playing next to Eddie Jackson is not going to make haha any better, and having the Bears in the in the top five is literally just Eddie. And a corpse is a top five tandem. You're not trolling, are you? You're being serious. Dead ass. Eddie yeah, Jackson dude. and a and a cardboard cutout of Eddie Jackson would be a top five ta- safety tandem. Okay. See, look, I love you, man, but I I fully disagree. Uh, I do love the cardboard cutout kind of you know judge. <laughs> It's kind of you know, judging by how he played in Green Bay the last couple of years, it's, it's you know, it's kind of true. But regardless, I know it sounds a little bit redundant at this point, but this is one of those situations where playing next to someone like Eddie Jackson, uh, Eddie Jackson is going to help uh, Clinton Dix tremendously. And I know everyone wants to just you know laugh and dismiss the fact that Clinton Dix is now a bear. You know, the Packers traded him to Washington last year at the trade deadline for a fourth round pick. Then he got you know got picked up by the Bears. Um, look, don't expect him to make any tackles in the open field. That's not going to change. Playing next to Eddie Jackson isn't going to help him suddenly learn how to tackle or suddenly learn how to plant his feet in the open field and not turn into stone. But he he was a you know as far as coverage goes, he was I don't think he was ever bad. He wasn't terrible. See, and I'll I'll disagree in that. His coverage was incredibly inconsistent, and I think if you are consistently mediocre, that's better than flashes of brilliance. That's fair. He he was always the type of guy to just be at the right place at the right time. You know. Yeah, but the right place at the right time was always when a QB would airmail a ball twenty yards. Always. Okay, with the exception of his one pick against was it Washington? It was it the Washington or the Bills last year? It was it was Washington where oh yes okay. And he did have the the play where he completely knocked out. Um, uh, what's the he used to play for Carolina? Uh, the wide receiver. He played for Carolina, and then he he uh, gained a bunch of weight, and then he went to the Bills. Um, oh, it was uh, Kel- Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah, oh, I love how people found that simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt so bad. So when Kelvin showed up to camp out of shape, people were like, "Oh, he's moving a tight end to her dirt dipper." <laughs> but yes, so he. Haha ha completely took out Calvin Benjamin, and I would argue that that is the best play of his career. You could say that, yes. Um, and then he had the play against Washington, where was it? Jordan Reed gave up on his route, and Haha ha ran it for him. So, full discretion. Those two plays were amazing. 
However, he was a liability 90% of the time. And like I said, I would much rather someone be consistently mediocre than have flashes of brilliance and be a liability most of the time. I still disagree. I, you know, I, I, he was terrible at times. I will say that, but I think some of the things he did, you know, a lot of, you know, it, he was better than he got credit for. It. A so, lot of, a lot of the plays that happened in the open field or him missing, whiffing on tackles, you know, a, a lot of that kind of overshadows some of the good he did. But we, we live in a world where the safety is the last line of defense and they have to be able to tackle. Yeah, yeah. They, they have to be able to sniff out a run. They, they aren't just like, like, Hey man, if you're really good at coverage, go play corner. Well, with the Bears, this is why I think it's important. They got Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson is a solid tackler. Clinton Dix, both those guys are going to be interchangeable safety. It's just, uh, same thing with the Chargers. The Bears don't have like, an actual designated safety position. They just have two safeties, interchangeable, back into their defense, which I feel like the Packers are going to have too. They're probably going to have Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos moving around everywhere. But, you know, anyways, Clinton Dix, he could play back at free safety. Eddie Jackson could, could stay up more – in the teeth of the defense at times and, you know, really kind of, you know, set the tone as a tackler. You don't need Clinton Dix to do those kind of things. But that goes back to your point of being the last line of defense. Do you really want Clinton Dix back there to be your last line of defense? Well, I always tell people that Clinton Dix blocked me in 2015 on Twitter because I made fun of his tackling. Well, I'm still blocked and he still can't tackle. <laughs> <laughs> but the, and the talking about the positionless safety, that was um, – might have been something to do with the defensive coordinator, whereas now that they have Chuck Pagano, that could be different. I, I don't really un- know Chuck's system like off the top of my head, so I don't know if he's if he's going to continue with the "you're a safety and you're also a safety." Um, I, I don't I don't have that much knowledge on Pagano's system to be able to continue with that narrative. Yeah, and I haven't I haven't been following the Bears so closely to the point where I know you know how they've been working these guys into roles in the Austin program or, or many. Unlike, unlike the bears fans that are constantly in your mentions that follow the Packers closely enough to oh, tell you. Oh that. yeah. They'll, they'll <laughs> tell me things that I didn't know about the Packers. Where? Man, we're just living rent free in the bears this, this year, man. Just <laughs> rent free, bro. So moving on from the bears. You have the Chiefs listed as number six. Yes, which they could easily be uh, a little bit higher. So, I mean, you've got you've got Matthau, who is a safety corner hybrid. Um, he is what I mean. If, if Clinton Dix learned how to tackle, I think that's kind of what you're looking yeah, at. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Uh, I, I don't I don't know enough about Thornhill to to really have a super strong opinion. Like what what about him uh, really made the Chiefs stick out to you? Well, he was one of my favorite safeties in the whole pre-draft process. He, okay. uh, he came out of the University of Virginia, and, uh, yeah, they took him in the second round. He's just, you know, he's, he's a very – he's just, like, he's one of those safeties that's just kind of, like, solid all around. You know, like, there aren't – like, he's not great at various facets of that position, but, he you know, he's he's just solid. He's he's a, a good guy to have there, and he's already projected as a starter there. So you know, I I think Juan Thornhill, you know, just speaking from personal preference, obviously, he just I feel like he he fits what they're going to want to do pretty well. So, do you think having them at six is conservative? 
maybe not conservative, probably a little bit aggressive even. I think six is, is a very good spot. But like I said, you could bump in maybe one, maybe two spots if you're really, really uh, optimistic or if you're from Kansas City. <laughs> good barbecue, not great football. Oh, that's probably going to change. <laughs> I'm kidding. They have the reigning MVP. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. The the takes this offseason about Mahomes have been insane. There was this fan-sided writer who said that Mahomes was a better Brett Favre. Yeah, I remember that. That was recent. Oh, yeah. It was like, it was like two or three weeks ago. I just – that's – to me, that, that is just someone showing their age in that – if you weren't of football appreciation age by 94, any takes that you have about Brett Favre cannot be said. I mean, in his back-to-back-to-back MVP years, it's really hard to find someone who played a better three-year stretch than that. Oh, my God. 95 through 97, I, like, I, I looked at the splits of him compared to the rest of the league at that time, and it, it was not even close. It's it's head and shoulders. Yeah, like, it, it was insane. Like I knew Brett Favre was great those three years. Obviously, you had, you had the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl, uh, you know, the back to back Super Bowls. But like, I didn't realize the discrepancy was like that significant. It was insane. But you're and and you're also talking about someone who split the MVP vote with the greatest running back of all time, having hit the greatest season of his career. Yeah, that's. Ugh. Like it's it's insane to think about. So, I'm not taking away from what Mahomes did last year. What he did last year was magical. Do that for another 15 years, then come talk to me. Hell, even like just just for like you know a, a few more years before you like put him in that that top five conversation. Like I had I had top five quarterback rings earlier this off season, and I got shredded because I didn't have Patrick Mahomes number one or number two. Like you base every, you base everything off of one season. Well, I mean, remember what happened when Cam Newton yeah, won? Yeah, 2015, and then he fell off. He completely fell off. Matt Ryan won in 2016. I'm not going to say he completely fell off, but he has not played yeah. up to that level he since. Didn't hold that same standard. Yeah. So if if people could sustain that success for multiple years, then sure, go ahead and crown them. But one amazing season is an outlier until proven otherwise. Absolutely. And here we are ranking quarterbacks. Moving on to number seven, <laughs> you, you've got the Raiders. In LaMarcus Joyner and Jonathan Abram. Yeah. My Raiders. I think, I think LaMarcus Joyner is a really good safety. I think so, too. And I, you know, a lot of Packer fans uh, this spring, they didn't want to overpay for him in free agency because he was on the market. And I would have loved to see him at it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm happy with Adrian Amos. I love that they got Adrian Amos. But Lamarcus Joyner, I love what he did with the Rams, just being able to play all over the field. He was he was like he was the embodiment of a human Swiss Army knife. Like he did so many different mm-hmm. things. And they also drafted Jonathan Abram, who I wasn't high on in the whole pre-draft process. He wasn't one of my favorite safeties, but he was like the second safety off the board behind Darnell Savage, of course. I think they took him like 27th overall. Mm-hmm. And there, and there were there were people that said that that Abram was better than than Savage and and uh, I don't know I I wasn't super high in the safeties pre draft just because 
uh, I was super lazy this year, if I'm honest. I, I did not keep up on the draft process nearly as well as I usually do. So I, I, I'll, I just didn't keep up with a lot of people. That's okay. That's why I'm here. There you go. You can you can do the legwork, and I'll just be like, "Hey guys, here's this meme." <laughs> so uh, Lamarcus Joyner was possibly overpaid, um, and it could fall back on the whole like it's easier to play safety when your defense is good, mm-hmm. and when you've got a defense like the Rams to play with, maybe they do mask some of your deficiencies, but we won't know until we see him play with Chucky. In um, are they still in Oakland this year, or are they going to be in city to be named uh, later? I think they're still in Oakland for this season. Okay, because I know that the Vegas move has been complicating things. Yeah, I don't think that stadium is ready yet. Thank God, because you know when I go to Vegas, it is going to be such a mess. They just built the oh, Mobile man. Center now. They're going to build the Raiders Stadium, and it's just the traffic is going to be horrible. I tell you what, though, man, Spirit Airlines flies from Denver to Vegas all the time for like sixty bucks round trip. It's it's very tempting to, I, I mean it's 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 incredibly tempting. <laughs> and by the way, I'm not plugging Spirit Airlines. Their planes are shit. This <laughs> it is an awful it is an awful experience. It's like it's like sitting in. Um, imagine like if a hammock was somehow uncomfortable and also upright, and what? then if you oh yeah it's it's. So the the seats it's like a piece of fabric between two pieces of metal, and it's completely like ninety degrees straight up and down, so they can fit as many seats into it as possible. And like if you sneeze twice, they charge you a fee. Like <laughs> there's oh, so many God. hidden fees. Yeah, Spirit Airlines is awful. But if you need to get across the country uh, at the last minute for fifty bucks, that's the only way to do it. Are you sure we're not playing? Don't, no, God no! Like, I just don't like, don't be a desperate jerk. Book your flights well in advance. Stay the hell away from Spirit. Well, I mean, technically, <laughs> you're still playing them. <laughs> yeah, old press is good press, yeah, right? Yeah. But yeah, they're they're but they fly to and from Denver and Vegas all the time, and so if you go out on a Thursday, it'll cost like nothing, and so. I, once the Raiders move to Vegas, I would be very tempted just to just to see like what how the NFL has historically felt about sports betting, just to see what it would be like to be at an NFL game in the mecca of sports betting. Is I don't know. It would be it'd be a pretty cool experience. Yeah, no, you, sh- you should when you have the opportunity. Obviously, you should definitely do that. Obs, yeah, and I'll I'll live stream it or something. <laughs> okay, so so not. Have you What's been that? to Vegas? No, I have not. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, um, actually, my uh, I can say this because she doesn't listen to the podcast. My wife's birthday is coming up, and I was kind of planning on surprising her uh, with a trip to Vegas. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, my in-laws just moved out here, so we have a semi-permanent babysitter set up. You better hope she doesn't decide to listen to this, you know, this one episode. I mean, this is a pretty <laughs> important episode. This is your first episode back, so I think you just took a, a risk there. I mean, like, in the top five things that my wife gives zero shits about, Packers football, and specifically, like, me creating content about Packers football has got to be in the top three, up there with, like, World of Warcraft, <laughs> and um, I was going to say, like, The Bachelor, but she actually cares about The Bachelor, so I don't, 
yeah, top two things she gives zero shits about: World of Warcraft and me creating Packers content. Oh God. <laughs> so moving on to number eight, you have the Giants. Yeah. In the the Landon Collins list, Giants. But they did get a new um, addition in Jabril Peppers. Yeah, I, I like that move a lot. I, I don't like it enough to, to you know rank them any higher. I think eight is a pretty good spot. It might be even a little bit generous. But Jabril, Pe- uh, Jabril Peppers obviously misusing Cleveland. He was like he was played single high, like twenty yards down the field much of last year with the Browns, and it was just... Oh, man. My all-time favorite meme about that was there was a picture of the defensive alignment in Cleveland and then a picture of Jabril Peppers out on a boat on the Cuyahoga River. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the caption was like, am I deep enough? It's accurate. (laughs) He was back there. He was so far deep for, like, so... It was, like, so unnecessary. And, um... Yeah, hopefully the Giants will actually utilize him properly, and is a very good uh, return man, which I think is kind of like a uh, you know lesser talked about part of his game. Um, and then you got Antoine Bethea at free safety. You know, he's a kind of wily veteran guy. Um, I, I I don't know, I don't know. I like that group right there, that little pairing. It, it's yeah. obviously in New York, everything's bad right now with the Giants, and you know all the the endless memes about Eli Manning and Daniel Jones and. You know, I kind of forgot they signed Golden Tate, but oh, yeah, I, I I think that's probably the brightest spot on their defense right now. And remember, Golden Tate was not chasing a paycheck; he's chasing a ring. <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that. Oh, man. So, Anton Bethea. Oh my God, Anton Bethea was was drafted in two thousand six. Yeah. So that means that Anton Bethea lived through the second half of the second term of the Bush administration while playing football. He is three presidents deep in the league right that's, now. That's great context. <laughs> like, like just, just for frame of reference there. Like, oh man, that's three presidents deep in the NFL. That, that dude. And what's crazy is he's only four years older than me. Does that mean I'm old? Wait, so he's 34. Oh, well, he's going to turn 35. So no, you're. Yeah, he turns he turns 35 this month. Yeah. So he's currently 34. Um, so I guess that he's j- just under five years. Yeah, just under five years older than me. But he's, I mean, 35 is, is God, that's that's old for a safety. But I constantly troll Nagler's live streams with uh, Tremont Williams jokes. Um, I said, what's going to happen first? Tremont retires or he gets his ARP card? Because, <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, maybe they say that speed is one of the last things to go. It's really durability that goes first. So, you know what? Play play until you're 40. If you can still run in the four fives, knock yourself out. Hey, I mean, Tremont, he just turned 36. The oldest player on the roster. Oh, God. I th- for some reason, I thought he was 39. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, Tremont Williams just turned 36 in March. Now I feel like an asshole. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this. Hey, I DM'd him on Twitter the other day. Uh, or not on Twitter, on Instagram. Because he was he he posted some workout videos on his story. And he was doing Zercher squats, which is an incredibly like unusual lift that you don't see a lot of people do unless they're like just being goofy. Mm-hmm. And what a Zercher squat is... 
is when you hold your arms out in front of you and support the bar in the crux of your elbows. Ow. Yeah, right? It hurts like yeah, hell. It like people. And this dude was repping, it looked like 135 in Zercher squats, which um, I use 135 for front squats, which is when you hold it up in the rack near your collarbone. But Zercher, man, like that's, it's, it's hell on your lower back. It overloads your hamstrings and it uh, forces you to have a lot of discipline in your arms. It's a lot easier if you're wearing elbow sleeves. But yeah, so I, I sent him a DM. I'm like, hey, man, like, like good job with the Zercher stuff. Like it's a it's a good athletic movement. And he never got back to me, so I'm gonna talk shit about him. Well, I was gonna say, did he ever did, like did he actually apply? It felt like that's the direction your no. story was going. No, he left me on scene. Oh, he saw it. <laughs> what? Dude, he saw it. Yeah, he saw oh, it. I'm like, even hey, worse if he saw it and didn't reply. Jeez. Mm. <laughs> Man, I've been I tell you what in the in the time I've been away from from uh, Packers content creation. I've gotten really into Instagram and have, it has taken me to some goofy places for like a week. Brandon Bostick was following me for like no particular reason. <laughs> you just interacted with him the other day too. Yeah, I was well, look. So a few months ago I was gassing up his Instagram on my Twitter mm-hmm. because him and Eddie Lacey are roommates in Arizona. And following them both on Instagram is really fun to watch their antics. Like, they're they're best of friends. It is it's so genuine and heartwarming to watch the shenanigans that these two get into together. And I was gassing them up on Instagram, and Brandon followed me, or I was gassing them up on Twitter, and Brandon followed me on Instagram the next day. He unfollowed me like a week later, but still, like, because my Instagram is trash. So he gave you a shot, and you didn't like what he saw. <laughs> But, um, yeah, and then he he mentioned on Twitter the other day, he's like, I accidentally had lunch at a Packer bar. And I was like, dude, if I ever run into you, like, I'm going to buy you, I'm going to buy you an appetizer and and a beer, and we're going to talk about this. And he's like, I'll hold you to that. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, <laughs> But, I mean, that's another that's another hill that I've chosen to die on in that it's not all Brandon's fault, and he got way too much hate for Oh, that. I'm dying right there with you. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, at this point, I feel like. things that went wrong. But I, I feel like it's it's a fifty fifty split at this point. Like more people have come around to our side mm-hmm. than previous. Yeah. Okay, so Giants. Um, at number nine, you have the Lions. Yes. And a large part of that is My- because one of their safeties is named Miles Killebrew. <laughs> so he's 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 going to go out and murder a Milwaukee baseball player. I- I was gonna say a beer, but that that works too. I mean, kill a brew, but not kill a brewer. Geez, I've heard him. So Miles Killebrew is, I mean, he's kind of the. I wouldn't call him a journeyman, but um, I mean, what do you? So he's he had a pretty good twenty seventeen, and his did he get hurt in twenty eighteen? Oh no, he's he's been durable as hell. He's played every single game of his career since 2016. So, what what happened in 2018? Like, was he just a special teams guy? So his his 2018 wasn't anything that I would like really write home about. He was he was a name that you heard a bit, but oh, he started zero games, so he must have been a he was a rotational um, guy, pretty much. Yeah, but yeah, his he had so in in 2017 with only three starts. 
he had 38 tackles and five pass defense with one interception. So um, if he can come back to that and improve, um, so he's he's in his year 26 season. That's kind of when you're at your peak in your fourth, fifth year. Um, and and pairing him with Quandre Diggs, I mean, I think I think once again Diggs is a is a more than serviceable safety. This is this is one of those tandems that that I think uh, works really well because neither guy is terrible. Yeah, Quandre does that, Diggs. Does that makes sense. Quandre Diggs, especially. I, I think that's. I know I made the Killebrew joke, but he's a large reason why I have them at number nine. Um, yeah, he's played. He, he's been just as durable as Killebrew for the last few years, you know. And the, you know, I think I think because they had Glover Quinn last year as well. He's now a free agent, so Killebrew was kind of worked into like a rotational role. But he was available for all sixteen games. It was just it was Glover Quinn and Quandre Diggs back there. So I think now Killebrew is obviously he's projected to be one of the starters there. That's okay. probably, that probably explains the the lack of numbers on his end, uh, mm. but yeah, Andre Diggs. I think you know one of the one, I wouldn't say up and coming. He's been elite for you know, going on five years now, but you know he's he's about as solid as they come. You know, it, it, so is he? A, I mean, is he a convert? I'm. I'm. He's like. A, I yeah, he's like he, like a hybrid. You know, he he. I know he played corner earlier in his career, and he kind of they kind of shifted him. Uh, last couple of years and kind of slowly worked into that role. He's, he's one of those hybrid guys. You'll see him covering out of the slot a lot. You'll see him picking up on tight ends, thing, you know, things of that nature. Fair enough. And, I mean, once again, it's easier to play safety if the rest of your defense is good. Lions aren't necessarily a good defense, but they do have one of the best corners in the league in Darius Big Play Slay. Mm-hmm. And when you know that there's going to be a receiver – who isn't Devontae Adams is going to be shut down <laughs> because let's be honest, Devontae Adams haunts Slay's dreams. That, that's his father. Oh God, it's it's bad. Like, I, I don't want any. Like if God forbid, if there is a Lions fan that's forty five minutes into a Packers podcast, what, first of all, what the hell are you doing with yourself? Second of all, don't be in my mentions talking about this because I got receipts and Devontae beats Slay like a rented mule. <laughs> Okay, moving on to number 10. Last but not least, you have Washington. Now, is that is that just because of the Landon Collins get? Pretty much. Because because I've I'm going to keep it I'm going to keep it 100. I have never heard the name DeShazer Me in my in, life. No, in my life, never. <laughs> he's he's uh he's got two interceptions in his career. He had one last year. Uh yeah, I've I got nothing. Landon <laughs> Collins, however, <laughs> but Landon Collins is a basically a linebacker playing free safety or playing strong safety. Pretty much, he's pretty much Josh Jones times twenty. Wow, times twenty, he says. Times twenty, yeah. You know, Josh Jones googles himself. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> he did, the dude does. I'm, I'm telling you. No, really? So, you weren't joking? Oh yeah, oh yeah, dead ass. So if if we put if we put Josh Jones in the SEO of this, he's gonna scrub this until he finds out where someone says his name. He's coming for you. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't worry, man. Just like run a dig route and, and you'll lose him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God! 
I apologize to Josh Jones. That was <laughs> really mean. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sorry. That was kind of good. Uh, I'm just... I, I guess the the more warmed up I get, the the spicier I'm getting. The spicier. Because, d- God damn it, I've got 2,000 Twitter followers. I'm somebody. And I'm going to talk some <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I, I've honestly never heard the name DeShazer in my life. You have heard the name but Landon, though. I, I mean, Landon Collins, yeah. I mean, he's... he's he, Landon Collins was a target that a lot of Packers fans wanted, even though we've we had more box safeties on the roster than we knew what to do with before the start of free agency. Just for um, the record, I was very anti-Landon Collins camp. I was... <laughs> And I was, I was like, if they get him, cool. But like, I hope they don't overpay for him. And and Washington paid market value, which I personally thought was a little high, but it was market value. So yeah. like, what are you gonna do? And you know, playing for a good, uh, they're paying for a good player. It was just the Packers. They had enough guys on the roster to fill that role. They needed a free safety, not a strong safety, and that's that was primarily his position for four years, you know, with the Giants. And you've only missed five games in those four seasons. He's been durable. He's been a sure tackler. He's pretty much been what you want from a strong safety linebacker hybrid. You know, he- but I'm I'm of the opinion that a decent free safety is going to be ten times the value as a great strong safety. Yes, and 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 like that's why you look at at someone like Morgan Burnett was let to walk without like I can't remember if they even offered him anything or if they like just offered vet minimum when Morgan left. But he's a he was a box safety, and the Packers just didn't value that position. Yeah, I can't remember if they sent him an offer either. I think I vaguely remember hearing both versions of that story. So I, I don't know. I'm not an insider, so I'm not going to pretend to know. But like, man, did you did you hear about Cobb? Didn't even get an offer. Oh, yeah. Just buy Felicia. That kind of surprised me a little bit. Oh God, I'm so sad. So. I have a very special connection to Randall Cobb in that he was the first Packer to ever be younger than me, and then he then he olded his way out of town. It's crazy how that happens, isn't it? So, like, like when he was a rookie, I was like, this dude was born in 1990. Holy crap. And now he's too old to be a Packer. Wh- Once again, let's go back to this. Am I old now? Is that... Oh, is you're that definitely what? old. <laughs> oh, god damn it. <laughs> I'm sitting here in my house that I own while my daughter sleeps upstairs drinking my dad beer. <laughs> <laughs> I do own a pair of New Balance. You own a pair of New Balances? Yes. They're, four, they're, they're 411s. They're, they're 411s, so they're not the true dad shoe, but yes, they are New Balance casual wear. <laughs> but... If I mean, if we're gonna go after my sneaker collection, I did drive out to the middle of nowhere a couple months ago to buy a pair of PF Flyers off of Craigslist. How are those treating you? They're great, actually. Um, highly, highly recommend. If if you like the look of Chucks, but you want a little bit more support, man, PF Flyers are just choice. Also, they're the Sandlot edition. These are the actual shoes of Benny the Jet Rodriguez, guaranteed to make a kid run faster, jump higher. So that makes it even better. I I wear them often. Yeah, they're 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 pretty great. But I'm I'm not a sneakerhead by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, so going back, I'm I guess I am old. 
yeah, you are. You and your, your, your PF Chang's shoes. <laughs> hey man, I'm not out here rocking Nike Monarchs, okay? Like, hey, hey, I, I have one Nike. pair of Nikes. Those are like my two shoes. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm more of a I'm I am a canvas shoe guy. I wear a lot of Vans, a lot of yeah, a lot of Chucks. Vans. Yeah. Hey man, checkered Vans add pounds to your deadlift. Fact. Oh really? Dead ass. Dead ass. <laughs> um. So the. Outside of Landon Collins and and uh, DeShazer, you have an honorable mention of Carolina. I feel like I had to include one. Is it be- just because of, because of Eric Reed? Pretty much because of uh, Eric Reed. Rashawn Golden, he, he's not bad though. Let's not get that twisted. He, he's he's obviously not one of the superior names on this list, but you know, having him play next to Eric Reed, I think that helps. And Eric Reed, I I wanted the Packers to sign him last year. Oh God! I mean, didn't we all like that? Was... Yeah, but you know, you know. Okay, so politics aside, if you can look past personal bias based on politics, Eric Reed was a phenomenal free agent get. Yes, but I mean, there's you can't separate the two things completely. Like you're gonna get the media circus, you're gonna get the the hate. It's it's just there. But personally, I was. I was unaffected by those factors and really badly wanted Eric Reed. And kudos to, to Marty Herney, you know, their GM for finally being the guy to shut everybody up and just to finally sign Eric Reed, to finally get him on a football team. Because it was crazy that he was out of football for so long and that nobody was even giving him a sniff. He had like, he had like yep. one interview with the team, or I think, or, you know, and that obviously didn't go as planned. But the Panthers, they took a gamble on him and it obviously paid off. I mean, he's still with the team. He's. You know, they're, they're one of their starting safeties. He played really well last year, you know, in, in the limited games he was uh, was in. But, yeah, you know, I, I like that little that little pairing there as well. Just enough to be listed as an honorable mention. I'm not going to I'm not gonna put San Francisco in there. Adrian Colburn, Jaquiski Tart, you know, or, 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 or what they have in Denver with Justin Simmons and William Park. You know, oh, my God, Jaquiski Tart. Yeah. That's <laughs> That's a name, man. That's a and name. those two teams, San Francisco and Denver, those are the only uh, two teams I, I didn't list. So, mm-hmm. so fair enough. Yeah. Well, that's that. Packer fans are the top ten safety tandems that the Packers will be playing this year, in Zach's opinion, and my minor adjustments. Yeah, yeah, like one adjustment. Yeah, like one adjustment, which I then backtracked on. I didn't. It's been a long day, my friend. It's been a long. Oh God! <laughs> Far and away, that was my most successful meme I've ever made. When I, when I edited, right? yeah, it was so after Jordy left, it was the the scene from from Fast and the Furious with Paul Walker exiting the the highway. I put Jordy and and Aaron's faces on the respective characters. That is in terms of like views and re- oh my god I think because I made that one into a video instead of a gif and I think it had like 250,000 views like oh my god people really it, it, it was insane like I, I it took a life of its own I yeah man people like that one holy wow but you know when when uh what do they say it's it's tragedy plus time equals comedy and I guess 
the amount of time they needed to pass for Jordy to leave being funny was like 10 minutes. <laughs> they, well, they also say time heals all wounds, so I guess 10 minutes is all you needed. I mean, that's bullshit. Like, if you get a gunshot wound, time is not healing that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, since I'm not going to be uh, hosting the podcast regularly from the jump, I do have to mention before it happens. July 28th. Rocky Mountain State Games. I will be performing uh, in the powerlifting competition as sanctioned by the USAPL in the 83-kilogram class. And Zach and I have a bet going. Yes. Um, Should I, uh, during the deadlift portion, should I lift 182.5 kilograms, which is roughly 402 and some change pounds, uh, if I succeed, Zach has to donate to my charity of choice. If I don't succeed, I donate to Zach's charity of choice. We have done this in the past when Zach had to do full court shots with a football. And I lost and ended up donating, but then Zach matched my donation anyway. So my choice of charity is St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Have you chosen your charity? Not yet. Okay, so if I pull 182.5 kilograms or more... During my meet, Zach must donate to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. If not, I will donate to Zach's charity. I highly recommend everyone else jump on this train, follow along, because regardless, some good causes are going to get some money out of it. I'll probably go with St. Jude's as well. Just <laughs> So regardless, St. Jude's going to get some yeah, money. It's just going to come paid. from... On account of, on account of you know, even, even if uh, you, know, you lose, I'll probably still donate. Just right. And, and I feel like you mean thing. if? Yeah, and and I think that's kind of where if we're going to follow the trend of when you and I do charity bets, that's that's tradition at this yeah. point. But if you have made it the full hour into this podcast and you were listening to this, make sure to follow along, uh, Zach and I. Um, if if you follow both Zach and I on Twitter, you will notice that I sent a lot of pictures of my face to him. <laughs> Your very constipated-looking face. <laughs> and this is this is me. This is me training my deadlift for our bet. So, I am currently um, 22 days out from competing, and uh, I'm excited. I think that that this will be a fun, fun, friendly bet going with Zach, and I'll, I will be sure to keep everyone updated in the Twitterverse. You heard it from Matab, everyone. So that'll do it. Episode number 347 in the books. Matub's return. We ranked the safeties. And for the record, before this gets uh, misconstrued, this was a top 10 safety pairings ranking on the Packers' schedule in 2019. Not in the NFL. That would be be a totally, completely different story. That rank completely jumbled. For sure. Yeah, Packers would obviously be number one. (laughs) So make sure you guys tune in tomorrow. (laughs) Dude, you're high. <laughs> I mean, there's there's Homerism, and then there's just straight intravenous hopium there. Now, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Episode number three hundred forty-eight will be airing Monday. Uh, <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed the show, and make sure to talk to us on Twitter. Do whatever you gotta do. Matub, plug your Twitter handle. All right, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Zanga, MySpace. I am. <laughs> At call me Matub. Yes, if you if you don't already know that, and I am Zach A Jacobson. That's Z A C H, not Z A C K, which I feel like I have to mention 
every single show as if I'm ordering at Starbucks. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Make sure to uh, you know review the show, rate it, do whatever you got to do on iTunes, and we appreciate you listening very much. And you know, I, they always say it at the end of the episode, so I got to do it too. Go hack, go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.